Hello and welcome to episode 163 of the 1099 for the week of August 27th, 2018. I'm your host, Josiah Renauden, and with me today is my favorite foul mouth cartoon character and a popular YouTuber and podcaster in the world of MMA. Also a returning guest for maybe like the fourth or fifth time. Tommy Toll. Tommy, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me back on and congrats on all the success, man. This thing's amazing. Thanks so much, dude. Congrats on your podcast too. Like, I feel like every time I look at it, the download numbers are way up. So it's, it's craziness. You're doing something incredibly right. So no, it's it's fun to. I, we started these podcasts close, and you do uh, Bushida Talk. We, we started these podcasts close-ish. I think around the same time. I don't know what episode. You know what episode you're currently on? What number? Oh, two thirty something. Uh, yeah. Okay. It looks like yeah, two thirty one, two thirty two, or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think you started doing like more than one show a week at some point. Am I yes. correct? Or okay, you are correct. Yeah, for a while we were doing several shows a week. See, this is this is how you caught up to me. This is how you started getting way ahead of my numbers. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm happy to have you back on. I, I feel like I haven't had you on a long time, and we want to do something a bit different. So normally the core of the show is an interview show, and that's not going to change. But we also started doing like a mailbag where I'd have people on and. The audience, we get to ask questions of them instead of me. And they get to like, they still got to hear me talk, unfortunately, but they can actually hear a different brand of <laughs> questions. Um, I want to start doing a top 10 series. And that is mostly going to be unique ideas about top 10 blank, top 10 games that did this, top 10 influential this. And we want to kind of go back and forth, similar to uh, the game of the year shows, similar to the most anticipated show, um, and kind of highlight uh, in this episode what we're going to highlight are uh, top 10 underappreciated or hidden gems in games and he, the caveat that we're going to go with to kind of mix things up a bit is you have to be able to download the games that we're talking about on modern consoles which includes ps4 pc xbox one or switch so they can be a ps2 game but it needs to be something you can download in ps4 or it can be a 360 game but you need to be able to backwards compatible play it on an xbox one so it's led to i'm Maybe it's just me. I only found like I found like five and then stopped there. Tommy has like 30. Like you went crazy and found a billion games. Was it hard for you to find these games? Well, you know, these were all games I own or or have owned at, at some point or downloaded. So I just sort of went through and um, I did. I did say I will say this. I did search the PS2 compatible PS4 games to see if there was anything on there that I'd played in the past. And I do have one from that list. Unless it's one that's on your list, <laughs> but it, we'll find uh, out. There's going to be we have not talked to each other about these games yet. That's the other twist of this. <laughs> uh, it's great. I love this it. This could be just a clusterfuck where we all have like, oh, actually, we have the exact <laughs> same games. We're like shit. But I think it's more fun if we can surprise each other and be like, hey, have you heard of this? And we can have a full conversation about it. I've had so many that I thought were on like a PS2 game that I thought you could play on PS4, like um, Legaya Two. I think it's Dual Saga is the name of it. Mm. It's this PS2 RPG that I fell in love with that is like not a high rated game, but I think is the shit that is not on PS4. So that bummed me out. Like I, <laughs> I want to dig into Onimusha 2, which is like a lesser known Onimusha, uh, but that yeah. game is genuinely good. But the Onimusha 3 was on Steam, but then it got pulled. This is, I've done a lot of weird research and found some just bizarre <laughs> ass shit. So um, let's... Let's not talk about the games that aren't on the list. Let's talk about the games that are on the list. I'll start just to kick things off. And I'm going to start with actually genuinely one of my favorite games of all time. Um, oh, wow. That is a PS2 game, but is now a PS2 classic you can buy on PS4. It's Ark the Lad Twilight of the Spirits. And what this game is, 
trying to think of the best way to describe it. So it is, uh, it was on the PS2 in that time of a whole bunch of turn-based JRPGs, but this is more of a tactical game where you are moving it almost in a Valkyria Chronicles um, XCOM style where you have this free movement um, within a certain reach. Your character can only go so far and you need to position yourself behind or around certain people and use magic, use swords, use different techniques to attack people and um the kind of the main story beats of it are it's it's this world where there are humans and there are i think it's called demos which are these human demon sort of Mm. combinations and it's very much a it feels like more of a um a racial divide than anything else where there's a lot of persecution between both of these the humans hate the demos the demos hate the humans everything like that and you're constantly switching back and forth between the perspective of the human main character karg which is a dumbass name and get rid of a dumber <laughs> ass name the, the the demos main character which is dark with a c d-a-r-c um and you're seeing both of these different perspectives of what these what the humans are going through what the demos are going through and i'm going to spoil this a bit it you figured out pretty early but um you start to understand that these two characters are actually brothers so they're both a mix of humans and these demos and you're going back and forth in these different parties. You have, you're essentially working on the human party with the demos party and they start intermingling. And there's probably, it's been a while since I played all the way through it. It's probably thematically not as potent now because of how far games have come narrative, narratively and what they'll tackle. But you really get invested in these characters. You get invested in this really super colorful cast that follows you around. There's like this crazy werewolf dude. There's this old plant lady that is a weird demon combo that you hang around with there's this dude in the jungle who's like somewhat like george of the jungle or tarzan that follows you around like there's this really unique super jrpg cast of characters you go with um <laughs> it's it's a game that it's absolutely covered in nostalgia for me like i will never be able to separate it from this time in my life when i played it and really connected with the characters and there's the crazy reveal moment of you know oh god he's actually part deimos this main character who seems like squeaky clean human and he suddenly like grows wings you're like holy shit it it, it's uh it has a lot of actual voice acting at a time where it didn't feel like that was super common it is a flawed game in a lot of ways and maybe if you were used to modern standards you'd be like oh this inventory system is clunky or uh the way this story is being delivered is a little bit rough but the cast of characters alone is worth it the the twists and turns it takes is alone worth it again the combat is beyond the normal turn-based just press attack and watch your person attack that you'll get in jrpgs uh arc the lad twilight of the spirits ps2 game that maybe some people don't know about you could download it right now on ps4 i bought it immediately once it went live on there it, again prepare for it is a ps2 game those play differently now but one of my highest recommendations if you are an rpg guy wow yeah i you know what i'd heard the name i'd heard the name arc the lad but that is it i, I couldn't have told you a single detail about it but it sounds <laughs> incredible there are a whole bunch of other ones, I think, too, like PS1 Arc the Lad games. But this is the one that I found. It was in some GameStop uh, bargain bin and just, yeah, it really stuck with me. And I would don't hate me if suddenly like, wait a minute, what's so special about this? Because, again, there's nostalgia tied to this. But I really, <laughs> right. really love Twilight of the Spirits. Oh, gosh, yeah, I want to play this now. I have <laughs> not played a good JRPG in so long. 
and uh but i'm not a huge fan of the turn base so you really you sold me when you said it's more tactical so you need to play yeah, this I'm, and i need to hear a full report now i'm, I'm excited I know, about this i really want to play this and it sounded great the story sounded amazing yeah that's uh wow you you came out of the gate firing like I, i'm now i'm nervous about <laughs> well, my I also picks. Started with the highest one on my list there's a couple that <laughs> close but i started really up there it's all you what's your first choice okay my first choice uh, i'm gonna go with a game called thumper have you mm. heard of it yes okay so you have okay uh i i don't know how i came across this game uh well i know what i was doing i was on the switch store uh so this is available (laughs) on switch uh it's available on pretty much literally every platform it looks like uh windows ps4 playstation vr which i would imagine uh if it runs well would probably be the best experience given what this game is like um xbox one you name it anything even ios so uh, you could get it on your phone, it looks like. I don't know how well that would work. But uh, it is a rhythm game. Um, and uh, they, they've, termed, they've termed it rhythm violence. But it's not really. It's, 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 it's sort of a game where you're on a track. Um, I mean, you've probably seen similar games, I'd imagine, if you, if you are familiar with like rhythm genre games where there's this track that sort of runs. And there's this this vessel on it, and you're you're shifting it to the left or right, or you know uh, tapping to the beat. And if you don't hit the beats right, you know you fail or whatever. Yeah. So in in that regard, it's a fairly standard experience. But what's what's interesting about it is uh, the the uh, aesthetic that uh, surrounds it. Um, it. It is it is I I. I hate to use the word cosmically horrifying but it, it, it's such a bizarre experience uh the the backgrounds and and the horror you would not think that a game that is a rhythm game uh, would would be horrifying but it is uh, i don't want to give up too much because it's really something that needs to be experienced more so than uh just you know told about but uh, it is it is an experience, and it's one of those things that, like I said, when I mentioned the VR, if you were fully immersed in this bizarre world that the the artist created for this game, I, I think you would really, I think that would definitely be the ultimate experience, I would imagine. Uh, I, I experienced it on the Switch, which means most of the time I was experiencing it laying in bed uh, with my Switch in hand, so not, <laughs> you know, not very immersive. But uh, I can't even imagine the VR experience. That would be pretty wild. So uh, it, it is a rhythm game. If you don't like rhythm games, you probably won't like it. I will say it's actually very challenging as well. I'm usually pretty good at these rhythm games, but it it, uh, it ramps up the difficulty as you go along. So it's an actually uh, a pretty good challenge. And I think it's a fairly cheap game. I think it's like 10, 15 bucks. Um, but yeah, I've, I've never heard of it uh, up until I just randomly came across it in the store. And... Uh, I I was blown away. I, it was a fun experience, uh, but also again, like I, I I enjoyed the horror aesthetic that they decided to go with. And again, I can't really do it justice, um, in, unless you experience it or see it for yourself. But it's really trippy and um a, a really cool experience. Which again, there's no there's not a lot of story here. You know, there's not really anything driving it or motivating you besides experiencing it but the experience in and of itself i think is worth it so yeah you talked earlier about how you're not a huge um jrpg person and i've never been a huge rhythm game person i have moments but 
the way you've described Thumper and the way I've heard about it a little bit from what I know, was there almost this horror aspect, almost this thriller nature to it where you, you the VR experience is... I recently got a PSVR and Thumper was on my list of, I probably just need to experience this thing. It's one of those like, I'm not going to say drug trippy, but kind of drug trippy is what it's going for. And being like fully (laughs) in a headset, unable to escape that is a whole fascinating way to try it. Yeah, no, that's, I agree. I think if, if you're going to do it, don't do it on the switch. Like I did, although that is convenient, (laughs) Uh, do it in a VR setting. I, I would like to experience it in a VR setting. Because uh, again, it's it's something that you can't really. Uh, there is no quantifying it in in real life. There is no experience in real life that is similar to it because it's, it's such a bizarre. You know, the, the the run of a rhythm track and the speed of it. It's not something you're going to experience ever outside of a video game. So to have it fully immersed, yeah, that's that would be really really cool. The way you play it on um, Switch, I would always worry that if I a game like that where you really get sucked into in almost a Zen-like state, I'd be so terrified I'd just drop the Switch on my face like because I could see myself like lying <laughs> down and playing it and staring at it. You know how like randomly I do this? You drop your phone like directly on your nose um, when you're just yes. staring at it and holding it wrong. The Switch is a new level of just face pain when you are just not paying attention <laughs> and drop that shit. That's my main concern with <laughs> getting this game on the Switch. It is. That's definitely a real concern. I I... I try not to play the switch on my back, but I have. And that is also something that's, that's crossed my mind. Like if this falls on my face, there's going to be a real problem here. There's going to be a a possible nosebleed thanks to Mario galaxy. So yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. Also the lamest possible way to walk into work with a broken nose of all time where someone's like, what happened? (laughs) You have to lie. You know, me, that's big. Oh yeah. You you have to say you got in a fight. You have to say you got in a fight. You didn't drop your switch directly on your face. Um, so the next game on my list is not as widely available as your last one. Um, I don't think it's even on PS4, but there is a Steam version. And this is um, only marginally hidden. I think people do know about this, and it's a pretty widely known, like, underappreciated, you should give it a try game, which is Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Um, which, Ooh. for people who fell in love with Hellblade or any or the DMC game or any other Ninja Theory game, Enslaved is my ultimate I love Ninja Theory sort of moment where uh, it doesn't it it flips the script on the post apocalypse by being post post apocalypse where <laughs> uh, everything is overgrown and lush and beautiful and there's all these colors compared to a fallout which I'm not saying it's wrong but there's this dingy grungy nature to it um, there's almost like a full blown like man maybe we should just totally have an apocalypse it's because then like fucking shit gets beautiful after. <laughs> Um, and it is very journey to the West, which a lot of things in games and, and otherwise TV movies have borrowed heavily from journey in the West. Um, but it still somehow has this, this doesn't feel like anything that's out there kind of sense to it because it's an action game, um, in the vein of a heavenly sword or, um, Mm. a little bit more sophisticated than Hellblade. Hellblade was barely an action game, more of just this vehicle for the story and themes. Um, enslaved kind of balances that a little bit better it's an action game that somehow the best moments are outside of the action the best moments are it's one of the best acted games i've i think even still today in terms of voice acting i mean it's all andy circus doing the motion capture uh and he's no kidding it's incredible and it looks again if you play it today you still have a moment of like damn like that's the facial animations the, the the way like he's this kind of his name is monkey in the game like he has a tail he's a very 
animalistic type of character that has to move and platform in very specific ways. And it really just still stands up. There's smart uh, platforming. There's smart puzzle solving. It just moves really well and has this really good variety that you don't get bored. If you do think, boy, this actual combat is not that incredible, there's like a hoverboarding section and there's um, these big set pieces. You know, in Uncharted, when like the car is coming at you and the camera flips and you're essentially running toward the screen. Right. Um, Enslaved did that as well. They have a very specific nature like that. And there's a really good sort of um, there's good beats between the main two characters because the female lead has this like neck brace thing on him that she can essentially can not control him, but kill him at any moment so he has to work with her to try to escape and and it's they start to actually you know grow close over time it's again the themes aren't exceptionally novel but the way it's delivered the way it looks is really incredible when it came out on ps3 the frame rate was just abysmal it could not the game looks really good but you could tell it was it was pushing what that console could do and I have not played the PC version, but I would assume it's been optimized enough that if you have a, a high-end PC and you run it on like all the best settings, and if you can get this game to run at a high frame rate, I think it would look incredible. It absolutely stands up today. Um, the ending is a head scratcher that, similar to Lost, you either think it's the worst thing ever or the best thing ever, but sometimes it's <laughs> fun when games just take a chance. So you walk away being like, okay, I felt something from that. It wasn't just, and everything was good at the end. Um, it is, I don't know, it's maybe 10 hours, 10 or 15. I, it's been a while since I've played it, but it is a, if you just have a weekend and you're looking for something, download it on Steam. If you have a PS3 still, get it on PS3. Um, do some research on the Steam version just to make sure it runs well and how optimized it is. But there's a lot of great Ninja Theory games, but Enslaved Odyssey to the West, I think, is one of the most daring, interesting ones out there. And it, it's it made me appreciate that studio in a whole new way. So if you haven't yet, absolutely download enslaved odyssey to the west oh you know i've i've seen uh some footage of it after you talked about it a little bit and i i looked up some screenshots as we were as i was listening to you and i, and I do recognize some of the images why do you think this didn't why do you think this wasn't a big hit because what, what you, everything you're telling me right now <laughs> it sounds like this should have been a blockbuster like other than it being an original ip which obviously that's you know, something in gaming that uh, nobody wants to touch anymore. Everybody wants to do sequels. Other than that, what what do you think is, what was the reason behind this not being uh, as big a hit as it should have been? 2010, I feel like that was still pretty deep in the, like, Call of Duty Battlefield Wars, where those were kind of just overtaking everything. I would have to put myself yeah. back in that mindset, which is crazy to think that was eight years ago. Um, it had, like, a 70 or so on Metacritic, but it seems like one of those games that, in retrospect, people were like, oh, maybe we didn't give this game enough credit. It falters a little bit in being not the greatest action game, which Ninja Theory had this pedigree from Heavenly Sword of being this really focused, fast, smart action uh, developer. But really what broke through in that game was the story and the theme. So I don't remember why it didn't take off. I remember there's DLC that was incredible in that game and that really hit it off with people. So it just it's one of those games that just slips through the cracks in a certain way than later on people realize the value there but i would highly yeah. recommend it no i'm definitely down for it it sounds incredible and i i didn't know that uh, andy circus was involved and all that stuff that's you should play amazing. it i'm gonna spend so much of your money at the end of this podcast and <laughs> you really are oh my gosh I, i'm looking at my list and i'm like man these you have just been knocking it out of the park with these already and then <laughs> just been, been researching just a little bit what's your second one <laughs> 
Uh, I'm okay. Again, and, and the way I I looked at this, when you said it needs to be on modern platforms, I thought I'm gonna make sure these games are on most platforms, mm. um, because I, I wanted it to be something that I literally anybody could uh, could find. Now, not all of them are, but many of them do have this that trait. Um, and I also figured, okay, it's not a mainstream game, therefore, uh, it's not something that some big studio made. Maybe there's a lot of people who haven't heard of it. I could be wrong about this one, but I have. I fell in love with this game and I think it's so charming. And when I found out it was on all of the consoles as well, I thought, okay. So I, I bought it on steam a long time ago. Uh, it is death road to Canada. Um, I don't even know what this is. Okay. That's see, that's what I wanted to hear. Okay. I'm that so is what I wanted to hear. Now. You, you are in the industry. You haven't heard of it. That's perfect. Okay. So death road to Canada is uh, it's an indie game. Uh, I wish I knew the name of the developer. I, I apologize. I might look that up while we're talking here. Uh, it is a game that uh, it is sort of an action RPG. Uh, I would say RPG light has like light RPG elements, but it is essentially um, a parody of Oregon Trail in 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 part. And then another part, there's sort of this action uh, RPG element where you're running around. Uh, it's so Death Road to Canada. There's a zombie apocalypse. Um, it is the type of apocalypse that you would imagine, uh, that you've seen a million times. It's, it's a cliche one, unlike enslaved, uh, where <laughs> it is, you know, the dilapidated buildings, there's zombies everywhere, what have you. The art style is sort of like, a retro pixel art style, if you will. Um, and you run around in each location, uh, looking for supplies or weapons or, or, you know, whatever you might need for your party. You might need something to heal someone. It really depends. And when you're not, when you get back in your vehicle or when you get back on the road, that is when it becomes the Oregon Trail sort of parody where uh, you're suddenly stopped by, you know, uh, a random traveler. Do you talk to them, have dinner with them, or do you run away? Like there's all these sort of little things and they all have consequences. Um, it's actually a fairly challenging game. It's not easy to get to Canada. You start in Florida uh, and you're working your way up the United States. And the other element of this, and I don't know why I found this so fun, and I think it might have made the experience that much better for me, and I love games that do this, you can essentially, if you have the time, and I took the time, um, <laughs> you can create every NPC that you will encounter in the game. So what I did was... I literally made everyone I know, like all my friends, my family, all these oh, people scary. are just randomly throughout the game. So I come across a, a gas station and there's my brother or something. Uh, and they all have their own personality traits and things like that. You can also play this with other people, by the way, which is a lot of fun as well. Uh, but it's such a fun little experience. And it's one that you can play over and over and over again because you're always going to get different uh, things happening to you uh, the the road will be different uh the you might find a different car it's not like it's the same much like Oregon Trail while the trip is the same trip each time it's not the same every time you play it uh which I thought was just great because it, it made for such replay value uh for me and then and to find all the different things that you can find and there's so much little uh bits of humor thrown out throughout the game I mean it, it's very tongue-in-cheek it's not a very serious uh, game you're not gonna be depressed by this game um and the violence is very over the top goofy uh with the pixel art style i absolutely adore this game uh it is now on every platform 
Uh, I think it just recently made it to the Switch. Uh, but everywhere else you could get it. You can get it on Mac, Windows, Xbox One, PS4. Um, again, a fairly cheap game. I think it's maybe 15 bucks. I hadn't heard a lot of people talking about it. I've seen some YouTubers play it, uh, but that was about it. And Death Road to Canada is just, it's just fun. I mean, I just, it's a, it's a really fun, light experience that is not going to maybe take up a lot of your day, but also, uh, you know, you're going to have fun when you're playing it and you can get really into it while you are doing it. So yeah, that's, that's my next uh, hidden gem is Death Road to Canada. I love the look of this and I I have a $10 gift card for my Switch and now that I know this is like 15 <laughs> bucks, I might just buy this immediately after I'm done here. Do you, do, do you know when it came out originally? Uh, you know what? It's been a while because I've had it in my Steam library for a hot minute. Uh, but the thing is, there's no is Wikipedia page like. even. Okay, yeah, so it's it looks been like, like 2016 might have been it. Right. It's so hard to tell with these games, right? Because it's like... Uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of info out there. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't even able to find a wiki, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's definitely um, a smaller game. And I, again, I wish I knew the developer's name, but they did a great job. It's it's fantastic, and uh, yeah. and I have a lot of fun with it. Uh, so it came out this year on Switch, and I just found the Metacritic. It is uh, Rocket Cat Games is the developer. Oh, so okay, wow. It. Yeah, it looks great. I'm going to buy this after this podcast. We're both going to spend oh, each other's money. This is great. I know, right? All right. I feel it's... good now. Now, at least I got one because like if the rest of them suck, <laughs> I got one good one in there that is definitely worth your time. I'm happy. I still want to play Thumper now that I have a PSVR. I feel like it's the perfect time. I almost <laughs> forgot I had a PSVR. This yes. would be perfect. Um, oh, you need to for sure. I'm super into it. This next one, anyone who's listened to anyone who religiously listens to this podcast is going to know exactly what I'm talking about as soon as I start it because I did a podcast with these developers. Um, but this is, it is silly that people have not bought, more people have not bought Full Metal Furies uh, because Full Metal Furies came out this year and it is the follow-up to Rogue Legacy. And anyone who is into roguelikes knows that Rogue Legacy was this massive success. Um, this, you know, run after run in this castle and uh, mm -hmm. you go in with, I don't know if you've played that before, You're you're going in with like, each new character is a new like gen like a new child of yours or something like that or like a new member of your family that's going in um and it was this massively popular game and then the, the team went out and uh, Cellador games to, like spent like four or five years making full metal furies and um just being i don't know where they're currently at with the game last time i heard it super flopped and like no one really played it but it's incredible it's not a quality thing it was just a time and place and just a bummer of a thing so it's this co-op game where you are these four female leads, um, very like zany writing, very funny. Um, everything is a joke. Like everything is a reference or a joke when they're talking, which gets a little bit grating, but the characters themselves are still pretty endearing. Right. And it's almost this like Mar Super Mario World style map that we are clicking in a certain areas. And it's a beat em up, almost like, um, oh, what is the Xbox 360? Castle Crashers. It's almost Castle oh, okay. Crashers style, but way, way deeper, like way, way, way deeper. So it's this mix of short and long range characters. There's a sniper, there's a person with a hammer, there's a short, there's a, a just a shield person. And if you're playing by yourself, you're essentially taking two in there and you're swapping back and forth quickly. So only one person is on screen and you're swapping back and forth between who you're playing as. So like certain people will have a yellow shield, which means you need to use the yellow character to break through their shield. And um, you need to use both characters constantly. And there's no perfect combo, but you find combos you fall in love with. All of them have unique abilities. Like here's a 
um this one like slows down time this one uh, throws grenades or like a like a mine or something like that and uh i've never actually played it with another person but i couldn't even imagine how crazy it gets <laughs> it's and it, it seems like on the surface here's just this the, the combat is deep in itself but if you want to be like a pessimist you're like oh well it's just another beat him up there's so much more to it there's these like incredibly crazy and deep puzzles you solve and i won't spoil them but there's like full-blown like reddit theories about how you, the hell you even solve this like you need to be in a very specific part on the map and press this certain button combinations and there's hints and documents all the way throughout oh, nice. you to this and there's this after you beat the game this massive new game plus aspect with all this new content it's like this almost fully featured you could probably put 30 40 hours into this thing um and it has just a fun art style and seems like it'd just be another downloadable beat-em-up that you'd forget about but it is not there's just so much going on in this game and once you get a good combo and you figure out how to play and how you like to play just the pace and the amount of shit that's going on on screen can almost just be daunting. Like there's a um, there's a section where you're on this like essentially like an elevator to hell, and you're going through wave after wave. And the further you go down, the more difficult it is. Um, and there's like levels attached to it, so if you go too early, it's really difficult. But it's one of those games that it's important you level up. But if your skill ceiling gets to a certain spot, you're just pulling off shit and not getting touched in a way that is so satisfying there's incredible bosses <laughs> there's all these moments it is like 10 or 15 bucks i think it's it came out this year and just to no fanfare and it got like good reviews but it just didn't find an audience and that's such a bummer because i think full metal furious is like one of the better games of the year and people should fucking buy this game i'm not saying that because i talked to them on a podcast and i want to support them like i if i never talked to them on the podcast i would still be like why aren't people playing this thing so if you're a rogue legacy fan know that the follow-up is probably better than rogue legacy and you just haven't heard of it yet it's called full metal furies go buy it i'll be honest i played rogue legacy rogue legacy i loved it i thought it was amazing mm -hmm. i had no idea there was a follow-up i Dude, that's it's <laughs> i literally saw the game starting to get good reviews at the start and i was like oh what is this thing and then saw who the developer was i was like wait how doesn't everyone know about that and i reached out to them immediately like hey do you want to talk about this like sure and i think there was like 14 times almost on the podcast i would say like why aren't you guys just saying you're the rogue legacy people like people will immediately buy this if they just know your pedigree like it's it's so good oh i'm that's 100 percent a buy for me then that's it's so yeah, good. I, rogue legacy I, was incredible so if it comes on switch game over that's going to be the thing it needs <laughs> but like i think it's just um i don't know if it's on ps4 if it's just on xbox because last time i checked it was just it is on uh pc and xbox one okay okay so it's that might be part of why it didn't take off on ps4 or anything like that but i mm. played it all on xbox and absolutely loved it yeah i'm looking at shots of it it looks absolutely bonkers i mean it looks so fun there's so oh, much going yeah. on on screen too but uh yeah, yeah. that's that is a uh, five down for us so far so let's add the sixth one to the list my next one is i don't even know if it's considered a hidden gem it may not even be a good game but it's something I really love playing. And I will put this caveat in there. I've heard that the console versions are absolutely broken. So you're going to want to buy this on uh, Steam. Okay. okay so uh, it is Seven Days to Die. Have you heard of this game? Oh, I've heard of this, but it's I'm drawing a blank on what it even looks like. 
Well, it is a survival. It looks. I. I'm. I'm. It sounds like I'm going to be dissing this game, but I'm really not. It, it kind of looks like a PS2 game, even though it's modern. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's. I will say this as well. It has been in alpha for um five years, but is still out there alpha. for us to play. Yeah. Uh. It's an alpha build. Uh. Of this game, but it's they even released it on consoles, which apparently, again, apparently the console versions were um did not work very well uh the the developer uh, the uh is the fun pimps that is their name i've never heard of them what? outside of this game i know um <laughs> seven days to die is a survival game in in the vein of minecraft uh and again zombies which says, appears to be a theme for me apparently uh so <laughs> you know zombie apocalypse however you're in a very barren space uh, you're mostly out in the forests and uh, in different biomes, like a, a winter area or a desert. Uh, there's not a lot of buildings. I have, uh, with my podcast partner, Naya Rodriguez, uh, I have probably put 90 plus hours into this game. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it is a survival game, but the 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 gameplay loop is so addictive of you know uh, you're 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 monitoring your food i will say it's it's had uh, more challenging than a minecraft so if you if you like survival games but minecraft's more your speed yeah this is probably going to be a little bit too hardcore for you because you have to monitor you know the temperature of your body how much food and water you're getting you have to boil your water or you'll, or you'll get sick um you know stuff like that so there's this base survival game part of it that's really fun but then there's also this zombie aspect, which again, you know, it came out in 2013. So zombies were a little bit hotter back then. I know obviously now everybody's like, oh God, zombies, like, please just stop. But it is a very uh, good use of zombies. They sort of scatter throughout the, the world. And on a daytime run, they're really not that much of a problem. You can sort of uh, navigate around them. They don't run. Um, you know, they're not really that big of a problem. Now, if you happen to go to a dilapidated city area or town and uh, there would be a lot more zombies there and you might have to be careful where it gets interesting is there is no sleep uh, function. So like in Minecraft where you could fall asleep and then day daytime comes and you're fine. There's no monsters. Well, there is none of that in this. Uh, but at night, the zombies will go hunting and they sprint. They're fast. They're faster than you even. So every night, and you have to survive the night, you need to uh, hunker down somewhere if you have your own place that you've been building or wherever, uh, which makes it unique. But the other unique aspect is every seven days, hence the name Seven Days to Die, uh, there is sort of a blood moon where the intensity of these attacks ramps up to a ridiculous amount. Um, so much so that uh, you will curse the game because you will, you'll think, there's no, how am I supposed to survive this? Um, and, and Naya and I had built this incredible underground fortress and it, so many times it was breached during a blood moon. And it's just a fun experience to sort of keep all of these aspects of your survival going, but also having to worry about, okay, what's going to happen with these, these zombies that are running around. And there, there are various versions of them kind of like left for dead where there's, uh, you know, a zombie that spits acid or a zombie that blows up. Um, but, uh, again, I know it sounds kind of like a cliche game and apparently the, the console ports are just broken, but it is such a fun experience. And because I feel like nobody 
probably plays this game, I have to recommend it as a hidden gem because I've had so much fun with it. Um, and and, and I, if survival games aren't your thing, it's probably not your thing. But if you play survival games and you enjoy them and you haven't tried this one, I really would recommend checking it out. I, I think there are not enough Left 4 Dead style games out there. It's weird how big Left 4 Dead was and then never really right? had this massive outpouring of clones. Like we've got a billion Battle Royale games. Why don't we have more Left 4 Dead games? But like, <laughs> That's so true. And sometimes even if a game isn't quote unquote good and there's like obvious flaws like you mentioned, if you find the one that clicks with you and then you find the people to play it with. I've played some terrible games that feel okay when you're with friends. And if you could find a good game with friends, it takes it to the next level. Like I've never stopped playing yes. Overwatch for that reason. And I've had um, Ghost Recon Wildlands was kind of a game where I'm like, this isn't that good, but I'm just having fun with people around. So this might be one of those that you're like, it's not quality above everything else but it just clicked with you and then you found the group to roll with which changes how you play yeah absolutely definitely play with friends for sure that's 100 percent. yeah perfect i'm into it and i've only like somewhat heard of that one so again you surprised me with a game that i barely heard of and that's the goal all right <laughs> uh i have two more one people will get angry at me because it's definitely not a hidden gem but i have something i need to say about it uh two is a hidden gem and it's actually one i reviewed for GameSpot. Um, and it was oh, nice. one of the few games in my life that I scored higher than the average. Like I saw something in it that I don't think a lot of people did, which is not right or wrong. It's just I really like this game and the game is called Counter Spy. Um, it is a PS4 Ooh. game and it is boy, it is a it is a style and substance game. It has a little bit of everything. So you're this spy duh, in this sort of alternate history cold war situation where there is this doomsday clock so you need to make sure you are uh, finishing these levels without getting caught too many times so that the clock isn't uh, progressing there's kind of a metagame aspect to it but that's not the really important part what i think is really great about this game is it's this really smart transition between what could be really hectic fast combat scenarios with this more methodical shooting gallery aspect when you take cover it goes from a side-scrolling 2d-esque view to a 3D shooting gallery. So it essentially turns the camera in a way where suddenly you're staring at people and you have a um, behind the back type of shooting and you can aim down like a shooting gallery and you're you're shooting people who are popping up, you're shooting um, barrels and stuff in the background to explode and knock people around. Um, but if you are one of those people like me who tries to be stealthy for like two minutes and then goes real quick into the fuck you mode, like the whatever, <laughs> let's just see what happens. There is a, um, there's like a, you can take out a machine gun and just start spraying in that sort of 2D uh, side scrolling area. And like, you will go down quickly. This is still a stealth game where you're not going to play it like a, a regular um, shadow complex or anything like that. It's not that it has the, the, the very stealth oriented uh, aspect of the gameplay in mind, but it, it does allow you to try a few things. The, the areas are procedurally generated. Um, what I think that more means is I don't think all the geometry is procedural. It's more of there's these handcrafted levels that you see in a different order every single time, which adds a lot of variety to it. It is this really great cell shaded style with some of the best musical cues from that kind of cold war era that'll come out of nowhere all these different zings and these different little jingles that'll happen that'll make you like immediately feel like maybe you're not there but you get exactly what they're going for like mad men is incredible in that it just everything about it from the look to the sound reminds you of like oh i'm in the 60s like i'm in i'm in this time. right counter spy is no mad men because mad men is like my favorite show and nothing is but counter spy really <laughs> teleports you to a time and place and it does that just as soon as you kick off 
Um, and again, there is this, it's just this methodical mix of, oh shit, panic moments where you just start shooting crazily. But once you have one of those perfect runs through a level where you start to kind of get how everything works, you're, you're grabbing dudes and snapping their necks and you're getting behind cover and you're shooting these guys and you're taking them. And it's, it just has a really good pace to it. It has a really good look, a really good pace. It's very short. Um, I, I think I remember in my review, which I had recently was, um, watching the video review again. And it, it, I remember talking a lot about how it's just, you just really start to get going and you really start to understand the vibe and then it ends, which is a bit of a bummer, but for just like a few hour experience, it's probably like 10 bucks or something at this point. It originally came out in, I think 2014 on PS4, uh, counter spy is really cool. And there's not really anything else out there like that, which is a little bit of a theme with, enslaved especially where it's just it feels different and i think there's value in things that just try new things and that it'll fail in some spots but at least make you make your brain go in a different way than just i'm going to play another shooter today and i'm not saying it's bad to be a shooter but counter spy is a shooter in a completely different way that if you haven't played it you should absolutely at least give counter spy a try so that is my fourth game on this list solid i the the art style is incredible looking looking at these images of it yeah. Oh, no. See, again, that's another one. I, I'm buying all of these, every <laughs> one of them. And that one's on PS4 as well. So I can do I, Okay. That's, that's definitely my, I'm doing it. That was I'm one of the only games one. I put on here that was like originally released on PS4 and is available on PS4. So that is one that you should absolutely <laughs> I, I like get. It. Okay. So I don't know if people know about this game or not. Again, this is like, <laughs> well, I did a little bit of research, but I was like, yeah, you know, this is, this was new to me. So when I bought this game a month ago, I thought it was brand new. Now it was brand new to the Switch, but it was not brand new in general. Apparently it's been out since 2014. You're going to get so um, many people happy because you're suggesting Switch games. People are always looking for Switch games. It's the perfect <laughs> route to go to ingratiate yourself to people. I'm guessing this is a really high seller. So this might be one that was underappreciated until it, it ended up on, on Switch. Uh, but it is 20XX. Have you heard of this game? I feel like I've heard the name. I have no idea what it looks like. It's a very, so I'm going to say you surprised me again. Yes. Ah, this is perfect. Okay. (laughs) This game blew my mind. So, you know, there was obviously, uh, mighty number nine was, uh, uh, something that was, uh, a real experience. Very poopy. Uh, yeah, (laughs) yes, yes. Uh, and the reaction to it was insanity, right? Mm -hmm. Well, here comes this other game, 20 XX. Uh, so sort of the name even of itself is sort of like a, a fun little play on the the Mega Man where they would put the XX at the end of the years uh, by a company called Battery Staple Games um, or Firehose Games as well. It looks like the two developers. I'm not sure. Maybe one of them did a port. Anyway, mm-hmm. it is a Mega Man. I mean, it's literally Mega Man X. It it's, looks uh, Mega it, Man it, as fuck. It is Mega Man as fuck, uh, but it's procedurally generated. Uh, and it is a game much like um, Rogue Legacy where you got to beat the whole thing in one run. And when you die, it's permadeath and you but you're building, uh, you know, as as you move on and and you get better at it or whatever. Uh, so it's roguelike. But it is so fun. The action, it, it, it captures Mega Man perfectly. Like I, I don't I was, you know, kind of in the mood for Mega Man again, which is why I got it, but I'd already played the Mega Man games that were good, and I thought, hey, I'll give this a try. I don't even know if I need another Mega Man game ever again, because this game, it just, it gives you exactly what you want. It's it's fun platforming. 
There's really challenging enemies. You die a ton. You're going to die so much playing this game. Um, the bosses are really, really hard. The last boss is ridiculous. I mean, absolutely. It, the first time you get to the last boss, you're going to be like, what, how am I supposed to beat this? <laughs> like, it, it's that kind of game. But it's, it's such a fun challenge. And they have all these different modes that you can play in. You can play it by yourself. You can play it with a friend. Um, there's two different characters. Uh, one who is very much Mega Man in, in that you have the, you know, you're shooting and jumping. Uh, however, the, the other character has a sword. So again, you're sort of uh, changing your style of gameplay there. They have like a boss run mode. There's daily challenges. There's weekly challenges. It's such a tight game and it feels great. I mean, if you, if you love Mega Man uh, or have played Mega Mans and enjoyed them in the past, you're going to dig this game. And the challenge is what I really liked about it. The fact that it's not an easy game. I mean, it's not like Dark Souls. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to, you know, pull your hair out. But it is challenging enough for you to want to keep coming back, want to keep trying, and uh, and slowly building up your characters as you go along so that you can finally get to that last boss. And And again, when you beat the game, you're beating it in one run. So it's that feeling of like, oh my God, I had this perfect run where everything went right and I, w I managed to beat the final boss. Uh, but in that Mega Man style, it is brilliant. I love this game. I can't recommend it enough. It's so fun. It's perfect for the Switch, uh, which is why I got it too, because I thought this is, this is a game that has to be on Switch. You know, it's a, a Mega Man game. Absolutely beautiful. I love it. I love the art style. I love the gameplay, the music. Everything fits perfectly. I wish more people were talking about this game. Maybe they are. Like I said, I think being on the Switch probably helped it a lot. Um, but yeah, just fantastic. It has a real look to it. I know that look is Mega Man, but if you can do a different interpretation of Mega Man immediately in, especially with how bad Mighty Number no. 9 was, yes. it's nice to have an alternative. <laughs> and your back of the box quote was perfect of, I don't know if I'm going to need another Mega Man game ever again. Like that might be the highest compliment you can pay to a game like this that tries something of its own tries to make its own characters its own look but scratches that Mega Man itch so well that you can play this and be like okay cool I've now played my Mega Man game I'm totally fine <laughs> yes and the the roguelike <laughs> game is so crowded but if you can get a cool look and a good hook I think that's all you really need like I, right now everyone's talking about Dead Cells which is uh, I I I somehow right. feel like a Dead Cells hipster at this point because i played that game a year ago and talked to the developer on this podcast and was like this game is incredible everyone should play it and then it came out and was like this game is incredible everyone should play it and i'm like i fucking know i just talked about this for like a year um but it's this looks awesome this is i i have like barely played my switch since i bought it for some reason this might be this and death road to canada i i might need a bigger gift card than the ten dollar gift card to actually get yeah all this stuff. oh but, definitely and I have my last one, which is going to be a controversial one because it's not a hidden gem. But let Ooh. me explain. So Dark Cloud is not a hidden gem. A lot of people know what Dark Cloud is. But as a massive Dark Cloud fan, the problem I've now run into is that everyone talks about Dark Cloud 2, which was the cel-shaded sequel with voice acting, mm -hmm. with um, more streamed line building mechanics with better, I will say, combat mechanics and the way that a lot of that worked. But... The reason why I'm putting Dark Cloud 1 as a hidden gem is that that's somehow the forgotten one. And that's the one that I think will stand out to me and stick with me much longer. I've talked multiple times on this podcast, during reviews, during a lot of different things about how 
music and games a lot of a lot of the times doesn't really stick with me there's the the very obvious like oh mario music you'll always remember or the legend of zelda music you'll always remember right. but if i ever reviewed a game i really didn't talk about the soundtrack or anything like that it, the original dark cloud i will just listen to regular town music on youtube while i'm working or just seek it out because it one it's incredible and two it is very much a time and place thing for me that i will always remember just entering certain towns and having like almost emotional reaction of it takes you back to a certain time and at that certain time dark cloud was the shit for me um there's this really deep weapon and loot system there are just unique weapons all over the damn place um the the dungeon structure is to a certain extent procedural so a lot of what you're getting in loot is very procedural so you're finding all these different things and yeah the swords break and that's a bummer there's this is still a ps2 ass ps2 game and an early one at that but <laughs> it has just this incredible amount of depth in the in the loot collecting if you are someone who loves progression systems boy do i have a game for you um and maybe the best thing about it is the the building towns feature which for anyone who's played Dark Cloud, like you go into these areas that these towns are like destroyed. You go to the dungeon to find certain houses and pieces of houses and you essentially just put it together. You you have like this almost God view where you put together the houses and the people and the parts of those houses. And in Dark Cloud 2, as I remember, it's much more you put them in exactly the right spot they need to be. In Dark Cloud 1, you have freedom of where the shop goes and where the stuff goes. And the people who live in those houses have requests. Like, oh, I want to see the sunrise every day so you know to angle it in a certain way or i want to be next to this person you do it stuff like that but you feel like you have more power to shape what your village looks like and it's cool to plop these buildings down then just walk around this place that you created um and i, I just always remember being a kid and playing this game and being convinced that when i wanted to grow up i wanted to live in a village just like in dark cloud which makes no sense because there's cell phones and computers <laughs> now but it was such a powerful game for me where i was like this is I want to be in this world and you don't have that a lot with games anymore where you just want to be there because normally it's violent and crazy and you're like this would be dangerous as shit i never want to actually do this but <laughs> when i was thinking about like writing video games or writing stories i always so heavily borrowed from the vibe and the look of what dark cloud was and i uh, there's also there's just uh, side note there's this insane like 100 floor dungeon at the very end that's bonus content that I couldn't imagine doing it now and having the time and the patience to do it. But in that moment, I think I maxed every character out and gotten all the way to the bottom. And it's such a grueling, grueling grind fest that games don't really do that anymore. And people who haven't played Dark Cloud who go to it, which it is on PS4 now, uh, will probably be like, oh my God, this is clunky and tough. But boy, sometimes the clunky tough stuff really gives you the bigger reward. Like it really makes you feel like you accomplished something at the end, which is not yeah. an excuse for it but it's how my brain works and again and there are just a whole bunch of different characters a whole different crew that you recruit who all have their own personalities and all their own style of gameplay um and there's just so many environments uh it has just a really cool fun look and it's just one of those games that similar to arc the lad maybe you'll look at it now and not really get it maybe you won't understand why it was so special in the moment and you need someone crazy like me to explain why oh well, this is why this was cool <laughs> this is why this wasn't out there but dark cloud 2 is an incredible game dark cloud has this special place in my heart as this really influential game in terms of how i looked at games how i thought of game music uh maybe where i started my love for really just grinding in video games that probably started before but this might have been the peak of just like holy shit why am i still doing this 
Dark Cloud is an incredible video game. I love level five. I love all the stuff they've done, but this will always be the game where I'm like, if I could probably ask for one real sequel in my life, it would be Dark Cloud 3. So if you haven't yet, if you only played Dark Cloud 2, at least give Dark Cloud 1 a try because that is like on my Mount Rushmore of games personally. Wow, man. It's real good. I'll tell you what, you can you can sell a game because <laughs> uh, this sounds incredible. Just wait. I, I, I never played game Dark development. Cloud. Wait till I sell the, own, the game I'm making. It's going to be way better. <laughs> Oh my God. No, seriously, dude. Like that sounds absolutely amazing. And, and you really hooked me with the music because I'm like you, I don't like music in most video games. Matter of fact, if I can turn it off, I usually do. Yep. Um, but when you tell me that it's got a soundtrack that like hits you, that makes me think of like some of the games that had really awesome soundtracks that, that really, that stuck with me. Like you said, it, it takes you back to a time I got to play this game. Genuinely that's, emotional that's when I will good. listen to certain tracks from that, which again, it's not going to be for everyone, but like with how much time I put into this. And again, this like very influential time of my life. I will hear those and be like, why am I getting misty eyed at this stupid RPG from the PS2? But like stuff like that just happens with certain games. It's a, and Dark Cloud is like the one I will always point to is like that music is incredible. I don't even know who did it. And that's totally on me. I will look it up after this. Um, I know level five developed it though. Who've done rogue rogue galaxy and nino cooney and everything like that since then so yeah uh, we have one more game on the list and it is all up to you to round this out oh my goodness so this i i much like yours i'm I'm picking this because you said well people probably know yours your last one dark cloud so i'm like okay well if this one is popular at least i can get it out there because it's, it's genuinely one of my favorite experiences ever however before i start should I at least mention the other ones that were on this list? One thousand percent. Like, uh, in, okay, uh, the PS2 game that I was going to mention was the Warriors. Oh, okay. Uh, the the Rockstar game. It's a beat 'em up, super fun. I don't think a lot of people really thought it was that great or cared about it when it came out. But if you like that movie and you like beat 'em up games, uh, and you got a friend, oh my god, the Warriors was fantastic, yeah. and it's on PS4 now. Um, I also had Retro City Rampage, great game, uh, which is I think on everything. Yep um yeah, fantastic game uh the jackbox party pack oh, number I love three that thing <laughs> okay yeah if, if you if anybody that's listening if you like party games or need need a party game for a party get jackbox any of them honestly but the third one's my favorite uh just fantastic uh so fun and it's available on everything great drinking um yes oh my goodness uh west of loathing another one it's a it's an rpg uh traditional turn-based style but it's it's literally stick drawings and it's hilarious i've heard of it uh, it's a western stick drawings <laughs> oh my god it's so funny the art style will crack you up the entire time uh brilliant game as well uh and then the other ones here and then i'll move on to my actual choice uh trials fusion which is a, a big developer game but i don't feel like a lot of people played it uh, essentially excite bike but uh made today really hard really fun uh overcooked which has a very popular sequel yeah, uh, it's a game where you literally cook food uh, <laughs> and you do it. It has to be played with friends. It's not fun by yourself. But if you're playing with friends, and you're trying to be short order cooks. Essentially, it is fantastic. Uh, and the Talos Principle. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot about that game. Yeah, the Talos Principle is a game that uh, I I love it because it's very much like Portal. And uh, it's just a, it's a fun experience. Really, really cool. OK, so. My actual pick is Don't Starve. Have you heard of it? Yes, I actually have. I, I thought you might. So, again, I wanted to save it. But now that you gave a controversial one yourself, <laughs> I thought I can give one, too. Uh, it's from Clay Entertainment. 
Don't Starve is another survival game, but it is genuinely the greatest survival game ever, in my opinion. And 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 by yourself or with others, it doesn't really matter. It's such an amazing experience. Uh, the art style is very much Tim Burton, a hundred percent Tim Burton. I mean, uh, they may have even said that Tim Burton inspired it. Where this game is different than most survival games is one the challenge. It is the hardest survival game you will ever play. Uh, it is so brutal. The very first day, if you don't have fire, if you don't have fire on any day for more than a couple seconds at night, you are dead. It's over. The game is over and it's permanent. There is no coming back. There is no second chance. It doesn't matter if you've been playing this game, this one uh, you know, character for, who knows, weeks. It doesn't matter. When you're dead, it's over. You're done. Now, there are some caveats to that. There's some ways to revive yourself. But generally speaking, when you're dead, you're dead. But the fun of this game, and there is a version called Don't Starve Together on Steam where you can play with others. Mm -hmm. I believe all the other versions are single player, but it works either way. It doesn't matter which one you choose. What's so great about this game is how different it is in terms of what you're presented with um, as obstacles for your survival. So obviously you have to eat. Uh, the name is the g name of the game is Don't Starve. So that's one part of it. Uh, but there are other aspects. And one is your mental sanity. So you have to keep your character sane because the world that you're in is so fantastical and so ridiculous that your character can't handle it. Uh, so it's a lot. So you might have to pick flowers all day to get your sanity back up, which sounds ridiculous, but it's such a key to survival. And you have to try to balance these things. Uh, in addition to that, you have all of these ridiculous elements uh, related to the, the season that you're in. So the, the, you start in the fall, which is very benign. There's nothing going on. It gives you time to set yourself up. The winter is brutal. If you don't have something to keep yourself warm, you're going to freeze to death in two seconds. Uh, in the spring, it is raining constantly. All of your stuff is getting wet. You can't start fires. It might rain frogs. Uh, which happens every once in a while. You, know, you literally, shit. you're done. Yeah, you know, raining frogs, yeah. So uh, in the winter, you have this thing called the deer clops that shows up uh, randomly one night, and it will destroy your camp if you don't. That's why you have to make a separate camp during the winter. In the summertime, you'll die of heat stroke. There's so much going on in this game, and you'll never learn it right away. It's a game that you have to play a million hours of to understand. But it's so funny because if I played with you who had never played it before, I would I would appear to be uh, Robin Williams character from Jumanji, like in terms of my my understanding of this world compared to a, a person who just enters it. It's mind boggling how much you learn about this game's world and the ecosystem. And it all feels right. It feels real, even though it's in this fantastical place. I know some people really don't like survival games, especially because we were flooded with them after Minecraft became so big. This is genuinely the best possible version of a survival game. I've played a ton of them. I'm telling you right now, even if you don't like survival, you've never tried them, play Don't Starve. It is brilliant. It's on so many platforms, uh, PS4, uh, Xbox One, Switch, the Wii U, PS3, if you don't even have modern consoles. Uh, and of course, uh, Steam, I think, uh, again, the PC version is the one that I play the most. But absolutely fantastic game. And a real experience, um, and very challenging. I I couldn't I could honestly talk about this game for two hours, so I'm I'm gonna <laughs> shut up now. But Don't Starve is perfect. I love this game. I think it was free on PS4 
uh, pretty early on in the PS4's life cycle. Oh, wow. and, um, I remember playing it and just starting to scratch the surface of it and had like a full blown, oh no, this will be my life if I do this kind of moment where I totally get what you mean, <laughs> where it's almost another language where you have to understand every aspect of it. And it seems insane yeah. watching someone just run it through and do everything correctly. But I saw that and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. But it's it's always been on my list of like, <laughs> I feel like if I just let myself get super into that game, that would be it. Like that would be currently Overwatch is my it destroys my life game. That it could have been Don't yes. Starve in an alternate reality. Like, and I just know are they making you said Don't Starve Together? Are they actually making a full blown sequel at some point? They've done some expansions, and I think that's sort of uh, expansions. I sound like I'm from the 1990s. Uh, they've done some <laughs> DLCs, uh, and I I think they are thinking about a full blown sequel. They they did a different game that was of similar theme um, called oxygen, not included that just came out recently. So, uh, but they just got this uh, finally this year to be an official release on steam. Cause it was in uh, early access for forever. Uh, but they have added a few other um, again, I guess I call them expansions, but DLCs to it. Uh, there's uh shipwrecked. Uh, there's one called Hamlet. That's all about these pigs uh, reign of giants. So I think they're, they're, they're kind of trying to build onto the community that's already into it. But I would not be shocked if a full-blown sequel uh, doesn't come around before too long because I know it has a good following. I just, you know, like a, there's a lot of people that are really hardcore into it. I just don't know how many people that are that is. It may not be a huge amount, but the people that do play it, uh, they seem to be obsessed with it. It's kind of like Breaking Bad. Like if you get into a show like that, you know, like you tell yeah. everybody about it and you annoy everyone, it's the same kind of feeling. It's like once you play this game, you're like constantly telling people and, and they just want you to shut up. <laughs> it has a real look to it. Like it is such a cool looking video game. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That maybe if I um if I ever like lose my job, I might start playing it again. Definitely. Like, that might be the time where I'm like, job, well, now I have all this 100%. free time in my life. <laughs> yeah. If you somehow come across tons of free time, this is the game for you. I'm telling <laughs> it you. It might be the one. It might be the one lose your job <laughs> type of game. Um. So just to recap the list, I'll recap mine. You can recap yours. Um. My five are Ark the Lad, Twilight of the Spirits, which is available on PS4. Enslaved Odyssey to the West, which is on Steam, Full Metal Furies on Xbox One and PC, Counter Spy on PS4, and Dark Cloud, Totally Hidden Gem, Shut Up Everyone on the PS4. <laughs> Mine was, uh, my first was Thumper, uh, available on, I think, everything. Uh, <laughs> Death Road to Canada, also available on relatively uh, everything, I believe. Uh, 20XX, which I think ps4 xbox one switch and yes steam so yeah that's that one's another one that's available everywhere uh what did i what am i missing here oh seven days to die don't get it on consoles do not get it on consoles (laughs) get it on steam if you're gonna try it uh and then my number one was don't starve which is available on pretty much everything there's too many video games right now i just got yakuza kiwami 2 i'm about to get um valkyria chronicles i'm doing a podcast about valkyria chronicles and um it's another rpg that i totally can't remember but it's high up on my list It'll come to me eventually. There's too many video <laughs> games. Uh, Tommy, what do you have to plug? YouTube, Twitter, anything like that? Uh, yeah, uh, YouTube.com slash Tommy Told. If you're in MMA, you'll probably like it. And then I have a podcast as well, which is Bushido Talk. Uh, also, again, MMA related. So if you're if you're in that neck of the woods, uh, give me a try. 
Yeah. Thankfully, I think I finally started to get an MMA portion of my audience once I started talking to Luke Thomas and Ben Folks and Chad Dundas and Mark Ramundi on here. So that was like the, I'm going to start bringing you into my world just a little bit, mostly <laughs> games, but a little bit of MMA. Uh, Tommy, thanks so much for doing this. Um, it's always nice to have you back on. It feels like it's been fucking forever since you've actually been on here. Um, all your work is really awesome. And yeah, can't wait to keep listening to your podcast and seeing all your YouTube videos. Thank you so much. I seriously have a blast every time I'm on here. And uh, yeah, this was fantastic. I, I can't thank you enough. I really do enjoy this a lot. Yeah, this was a hell of a lot of fun. I'm happy. So yeah, everyone can expect a lot more of these top tens in the future. We'll get different topics, different guests. We'll go through a lot of different things. Every episode will have one dark cloud segment. That's the new rule. Uh, thank you everyone for listening and hopefully tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.